I declare the scripture, Zechariah 2.5, over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guests, Dr. C. Thomas and Dr. Maureen Anderson who are the founding pastors of the Living Word Bible Church in Mesa, Arizona. Both guests are international speakers and best-selling authors. Dr. C. Thomas is the bestseller of the book, Becoming a Millionaire, God's Way, along with authoring other books. Dr. Maureen Anderson is the bestseller of the Confessing the Word, God's Word, and several others. But her latest book is God's Grace Fuels My Passion. They are both called to take the word of grace and truth to the world. Thank you both for sharing with the world your in-depth knowledge of God's word, godly wisdom, and the revelations God has given you both to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus and in your marriage, your family, and ministry. Thank you, Marina. It's wonderful to be with you today. We're just excited about being able to share God's Word with people that are out there listening. Amen. Dr. Thomas Anderson, please share your testimony about how how God brought you to wealth before discussing your bestseller book, Becoming a Millionaire, God's Way. Well, it's probably a process of about four or five different words that I received from the Lord that kind of directed to me and led me to the position and place that I'm at. I don't know whether those would all be beneficial, but God began to speak to me about trusting the Lord with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge Him and He would direct my path. That was an mm. audible word that God gave to me, and that has become something I've fallen back on because my own intellect and my own deciding mm. how I can do things and I can handle it myself, being able to fall back and allow the Lord to lead and to direct. And He's the one that's we never aspired to be authors, never aspired to be pastors. We never aspired. We just wanted to serve God and do whatever he put in front of us to accomplish, and he's managed to lead us in this direction. The idea about wealth is I grew up extremely uh, born in poverty. Uh, my dad bought a $50 line shack and pulled it over a foundation, and we stacked bales of hay against the sides of the wall to keep snow out, and uh, that's what I grew up in uh, without running water or electricity. So I understood poverty. And I made a decision at an early age that I was going to try to get out of that poverty, however that was going to be. Then I got born again, and of course, then God gave me a couple of words, particularly he said if I'd meditate on his word day and night, that Mm -hmm. he would make me prosperous, or he actually used the word rich. If I would meditate on his word, and the way he said it to me was daily and nightly, he would make me rich, which is, I didn't even know the book of Joshua existed when he got that word. So I understand that the more I meditated on the word, the more richness came out of it and began to change my heart. My wife helped me put together some scriptures on wealth because coming out of poverty and Mm -hmm. studying my uh, ancestry back to 1804, they were all dirt poor farmers. And so I had a pretty long line of poverty built into me. And then when we first got into Christianity, they told us Jesus was poor and all that sort of thing. So I you know, you try to buy into being poor, the best poor person you possibly can in Christianity. But mm-hmm. the more I studied the Word, the more I discovered that the Word doesn't teach that. In fact, my very first book I wrote was Jesus Wasn't Poor. Uh, didn't do real well in the market uh, at the time because of religion, but uh, I think people are arriving at a better point concerning mm-hmm. that today. So she gave me a, 
a number of scriptures to begin to confess of who I am in Christ and that uh, he became poor that I may be made rich. Mm -hmm. I began to quote the word about rebuilding a, an image in my subconscious or my heart uh, that was not connected to poverty but was more connected to the wealth of the word. And then the Lord gave us a word when we first moved out here to Arizona. He said, uh, seek prosperity for the sake of the house of the Lord. Now, that's only in one, one of the translations that actually says it that way. But the more I studied that word, we could seek prosperity for the sake of the house of the Lord. But then really what the body of Christ doesn't seem to grasp, and a lot of books have been written about, uh, about prosperity, is because they haven't studied the word deep enough and, and looked at what the word prosperity actually means. It's actually the same mm -hmm. word as blessed. It's the same word as shalom. Uh, Jewish, traditional Jewish speak to each other, hello, goodbye, shalom, shalom. Shalom is always health, wealth, joy, peace, and highly favored is what it actually means. Or if you will, it means the promises of God, the goodness of God he wants to give to us on a regular basis. So it's pretty awesome when you start understanding to seek health, wealth, joy, peace, and highly favored, that God will lead you in that direction because now you're actually seeking the kingdom of God. And so uh, that was kind of the transition as I spoke that word for how long? Almost uh, a year that I had to reprogram. I, I kind of call it reprogramming the algorithm of your heart so that it shields out I can't and shields out I'm broke and begins to put in, wait, I'm blessed and starts putting in the right so I started looking at, the li at life differently, and I began to look at opportunities for wealth. I began to look at different ways of prospering. At first, I was working hard to come out of that poverty I was in. But when I started working a little bit smarter, I found that I was slowly coming out of the poverty. And of course, poverty is, uh, coming out of poverty is connected to not only changing your heart, but the changing your heart takes you from a taker to a giver. And people have to get out of the mentality that life is about what they're going to get. It's not, it's not about what you're going to get. It's, it's about what you're going to give. But you had to renew your mind about the wealth of the word. That's exactly what I was doing. Was That's where it all started. Was continually renewing my mind and my heart, reprogramming mm -hmm. the heart right. with prosperity from poverty. And once I accomplished that, she prayed for me. Uh, one night I said, I think I'm ready for prayer. And she prayed for me. And it was like a a ton of weight lifted off my shoulders. It was huge. Wow. And, and uh, I went out and cleaned the garage. I couldn't stop working. I just was just... You had this suddenly energy, I, this great I, energy inside of you. And, and this, wow. at this time, not to brag, but I believe I can be successful at absolutely anything I attempt to do simply in Christ Jesus. Yes. Because Christ in me will accomplish whatever. I, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So today I actually only believe for wealth. I, it, money comes to me. I, I don't, it's, it's so simple. It's so easy. It's not complicated. It's, uh, but it is an attitude. It is, uh, it is an attitude of the heart. I always like to say it this way, develop a healthy, a healthy heart before you develop a wealthy wallet. So it's an attitude, but also you followed Godly principles. principles. Godly principles. Can you They're share some of those godly principles of money? Well, as I began to study, I mean, uh, the first thing I did when I got born again was I had a tremendous interest in believing the word, but I didn't know whether I could because of my own intellect and in college and whatever I'd been go gone through. So I had to study the Genesis chapter uh, one through six. I, I had to prove in my mind that this was God's word and all of this is true. After re tremendous research from the ancient Hebrew and Hebrew language and studying the Hebrew language, 
uh, I discovered that everything that is in Genesis chapter 1 through 6 really explains the entire Bible. People don't realize it had to be written by God. It couldn't have been written by man. So it's absolutely phenomenal that that increased my level of faith. But just in the very first chapter, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, uh, he, he, he says, I want you to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. This is immediately mm. after he spoke, blessed male and female the same, by the way. Male and female both are made in his likeness and his image. Mm -hmm. Most people miss that. So God has a feminine side and a male side. He is the word. He's Christ Jesus. So we have to understand that we are equal in sense, but men have been given the responsibility, uh, not dominion. Uh, we've both been given dominion over this world. So uh, it, the opportunities are equal to male and female. That's how I look at the word anyway. But he said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And nobody's really studied that. Most time people read that, they think, well, we're just talking about uh, having children three right. times or something like that. No, that's <laughs> not what it talks about. The word fruitful in the uh, ancient Hebrew really is explained that we start working for seed for somebody because mm -hmm. seed is what you want to get planted. Now he said, take it from seed to business. Do business till I come. Luke chapter 19 tells us that. Jesus speaking, do business till I come. So when we work in our own business, uh, we may work for man and get some money, but we slowly develop a despise not small beginnings. Start something where you work directly for God and there's no limit, no control over your income. Right now, if you work for the man, they control your income, they mm -hmm. control your life, they control your family, control everything. But when you start working your own business, now you work directly for God, and he is the one that can bring the greatest level of increase into your life and change your life. It's only the word that can change your life anyway. So be fruitful. But then the second one is critical to the body of Christ because it means multiply. God doesn't add, he doesn't subtract, but he multiplies. And how he multiplies is he, he explains it very clearly in Malachi, which everybody's very familiar to Malachi. So anybody that's listening out there, don't shut me down right now, but listen to this all the way through because if you grasp this principle, change your whole life. It did mine when I read this and studied this and put it in my millionaire book. I, I went, oh my goodness, God explains it so clearly. He said, you've robbed me in tithes and offers. One, it means that he, belong, he owns the tithe, but we were to bring it into the house so you can't even give your tithe. You can only bring it to the house. And then he said, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out so much more than you can contain. But in the Hebrew, that actually is almost an idiom uh, or, if you will, an Aramaic saying, an expression of something huge. But it actually is, is saying, I will bring you opportunities of wealth, but you have free will to grab them or to not grab them. If it's I can't on your heart, you won't. But if it's I can, you may try it. Uh, but being led by the Spirit concerning that. So he wants to pour it. Then he said, if you bring the tithe in, I'll rebuke the enemy on your behalf. So now he's going to take care of your week mm -hmm. if you bring it in the first of the week. That's critical to your tithes and offerings. Yes. But let's go further. He said, then your trees will not cast their fruit and pestilence will not destroy your crops. That mm -hmm. means this is where most people have missed it. Yes, bring your tithes and offerings into the stores. Yes, that's your seed that you're planting. Yes, that has the power to multiply. I've never heard a bad teaching on tithing and offerings. It's so critical. But the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story is they planted in the earth. The problem was this pestilence was destroying and there was no multiplication going on. Mm -hmm. But he said, now I will stop that. Because you did this, I will do this. 
In other words, when you sow in here, I will multiply what you plant in the earth. Most people miss that. It's the principle of wealth. He will, because of your faithfulness here, rebuke the enemy, stop poverty in life, mm-hmm. bring multiplication into your life, and multiply whatever you planted in the earth. Mm-hmm. It's all explained so well. Maybe we'll get to that today in Luke chapter 19. But the last one is... He said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And that is the principle of having children. But it isn't just enough to have children. It is critical to be able to leave an inheritance to your children's children. Now, that isn't just money, but that, to me, is the fruits of the Spirit. That is health, wealth, joy, peace, and highly favored. That is love, joy, uh, gentleness, kindness, and goodness, and, and self-control. Leave th- this is your inheritance that you're supposed to leave to your children so that wealth will continue in the next generation and into the next generation. That's kind of how God set it up. So to me, that was eye-opening immediately for me to grasp that God desired for us to be blessed. It's the first thing he said to man. It's the first thing and the last thing that Jesus said to man before he ascended. He ascended into heaven and said... Bless them, Lord. So again, we have the word constantly trying to bring health, wealth, joy, peace, and highly favored, or prosperity, shalom, or blessed to the body of Christ. And you mentioned blessing also, that word blessing. In um, I saw a YouTube video on um, Dr. Maureen's um, talk show mm-hmm. that the word blessing also includes that. Yes, it, blessing or blessed or shalom, Mm -hmm. or prosperity, all mean the promises Mm -hmm. of God. In other words, health, wealth, joy, peace, and highly favored. That's that's the problem when people have written against the word prosperity and teach against it. It's simply Mm -hmm. because of naiveness. They haven't studied what the word actually meant in the Greek and the Hebrew. It is the promises of God. God's been trying to get the promises to us ever since he led them out of Egypt, trying to get them into the promised land. So what is the most effective way to begin changing our mindset about earning wealth God's way? I think the most important thing is is one of the words that God gave me. He said, perceptions are formed by an ounce of information and changed by a ton. When I spoke that to Dr. Earl Roberts one day, we were going out to lunch, and he said, oh, my gosh, you've got to preach that. Uh, he said, that's a, that's a long sermon, and I ended up doing an 18-part series on perceptions. Perceptions are what we, people have a tendency to believe what they hear first. So by culture. That's most dangerous. From other people That's or exactly, culture, what right, they hear culture, from. your parents, right. your background, your... Tradition, maybe. Tradition, religion. Religion. Yep. Right. And so it's taught poverty. The vow of poverty. There's all kinds of things that are out there concerning in Christianity about poverty. But when you really discover that God's plan for us is to be prosperous, he desires for us to be consistently blessed. That is his, that's what he absolutely desires. So when they speak against prosperity, it's because they don't understand the word. Mm -hmm. They don't understand blessed. They haven't researched enough. So I'm not trying to put them down or condemn them by any sense, but just, you have to. So lack of knowing knowing the the word. The Bible says it this way, study yourself approved to teach the word of God. Mm-hmm. Don't teach it off the surface. You better get into it and find out what it means. So one of the driving forces that's been in my life is not to know the word, but to understand the word. Mm-hmm. Because when I understand, I will do. But most people don't do what they know. Mm-hmm. They only do what they understand. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Very fascinating. And when you do what you understand, you actually do the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. You tell a boy, a child, don't run out in the street. Don't chase that ball in the street. Well, he may still do it because he doesn't know the results of it. Mm-hmm. But when he understands the results of it, mm-hmm. he's not going to go that. Yeah, so your life changes when you understand it. But when you changes, just know you about it. Understanding, mm-hmm. Proverbs chapter 4 says, I mm-hmm. seek understanding it. Gold and silver is like the wisdom of God because when you understand, you will do. Mm-hmm. And that's critical. So uh, that has been a driving force in my life is to understand the word, not just to know the word. So that's what's taken me back. I uh, wrote a book called Intelligence by Design, and it, it is a study of the ancient, 22 ancient Hebrew letters, their foundation and each letter's meaning, and uh, how to apply that to understand the way my book is written, you can go to the Strong's and see the letters that are written out in the Hebrew, and then you can go to my book and identify the letter. By doing a, a three-letter Hebrew or word in the Bible, you can end up with 10, 15 pages of meaning for that one word. That's why wow. the book of John says at the end of the book of John, if everything that Jesus ever did or everything that God ever said, you couldn't contain the volumes. So we have a Reader's Digest is what we have to work with, and, and the concepts are all true, and they're all in there for us to grasp and understand. Why do so you when think... you it... ask me a question, I sometimes go on and on and on. <laughs> just have to stop me. <laughs> Dr. Thomas, why do you think it's so challenging for Christians to believe that God wants them to be wealthy His way? Uh, the Bible says this simple word. You, many people become prosperous and wealthy, and... Uh, In fact, many of the people that have heard me went out and tried to do it their own way and became wealthy because the principles work for the world and work for us. But it comes with sorrow. They end up either losing it or not being able to retain it. They're not following God's principles on giving. They're hanging on to it. It changes. Money does funny things to people. It really does funny things to people. That's why it has to be a wealthy heart before a wealthy wallet. There's no way around this thing. So you got a lot of wealthy people out there, but they're they're in great fear of losing it. They're, the Bible says he'll give you wealth without sorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's a critical way to approach mm-hmm. wealth. If you do it his way, you do it with honest, integrity, the wisdom of God, it will come to you and be a total blessing in your life for your family and now to my children we've been able to turn this church over to 23 million dollar inheritance to them and now with my grandchildren we've got five of them doing praise and worship so the inheritance moving down to the third generation it is exciting that's the inheritance what i started with you know leave an inheritance to your children's children and i'm so excited that dr marina and i have been able to accomplish that much so far and now we're working on a whole other program, which uh, my wife and I both have got a word about taking the word of grace and truth to the nations, my church. And so we're now traveling, and I do well seminars along with grace seminars and understanding grace. And that's a whole other ballgame that my wife will be talking about here in a few minutes. But so many people misunderstand grace and don't understand that, oh, I can just do whatever I want. No, that's not true. You, right. you can't even do whatever you want to raise money. You've got to be mm-hmm. careful. You've got to do it legally. You've got to do it right. And God's way is filled with the principles of bringing joy into your life and not sorrow. Next question is, do you think that worldly principles of money get people to be rich faster? And, do you, and that's why people tend to want to go that way instead of using godly uh, principles of money? 
No, I don't think so. Um, okay. I, I think that if people would follow God's principles, it can happen very quickly for them. For me, it took time because it was a total learning process. There was no books to read. It was nothing. Secular books was all there was. Mm-hmm. The only way I could discover this was constant study of the Word and start looking at things differently. I mean, you, you can just go to, what does the world understand about uh, the nativity scene, for example, or that whole that whole Christmas idea is so flawed. J- Jesus wasn't in the manger when the wise men showed up, and it wasn't three wise men. They would have been killed along the way, traveling two years with wealth. They had to travel in a huge caravan. It made Herod so upset that they brought tremendous wealth to Jesus. Jesus was already in a home. It had been two years since he was born in in the manger and, and the whole that but see all of that projects this poverty mentality to the world and the Christians and that's very wrong so when I began to study this and thought they didn't bring a bag full of quarters and some Chanel number no. five they brought enough wealth that the family moved to the Nile for who knows 10 or 12 years before he ends up back in Nazareth and, and I mean if he was poor before, he was poor no more. And besides that, how could the word possibly be poor? doesn't make any sense to me since everything that is was made by the word. Mm-hmm. Every, that's what it says in John. That's an important point. Very Can you say that word? again? Everything, everything was made by the word. Nothing was made mm-hmm. except it was made by the word. And the word was there in the beginning. And so God's plan for mankind has been life and life more abundant because the word Jesus, John chapter 10, verse 10, was there in the beginning. So that was his plan. Even though whatever happened, man lost dominion and authority to the enemy, and he tore up the whole Old Testament all the way till Jesus died on the cross, and he took power back and gave that dominion back to us to be able to have authority over this earth. That would give us authority over wealth that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. What godly advice would you give to people who have become financially successful or a millionaire as, as a result of reading your best-selling book, Becoming a Millionaire God's Way? Most important thing they can do is be consistent givers into the building the kingdom of God. Seek prosperity for the sake of the house of God. will never want all of it. Mm-hmm. He's never said that. Although there have been times in my life that I've given everything. And that was part of the process of coming out of poverty and making me not trust in me, but trust in him. Mm-hmm. That did happen. But when we gain wealth, it's for the building of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's reaching, take, helping the poor. Uh, it's reaching out and, and expanding, paying off churches. And why not use them? What, what's the point of having a billion dollars that you can't even spend and not help humanity with it? makes no sense to me. But the world does. The world mentality is to get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. That's the world mentality of wealth. That's why they have billions. But if, if you've understood that you can't even spend a billion without buying something for a billion dollars, I mean, you can't spend it. You can't successfully spend a billion dollars. A billion dollars is if you took $1 bills, $1 billion, $1 bills, and laid them down end to end, they'd wrap around the earth three and a half times. People don't understand what a billion dollars is. It's a lot of money. You can't spend our money. So, <laughs> sorry. I, I do all kinds of strange voices. But anyway, it, 
understanding that God desires for us to build his kingdom, expand Eden around the world, expand the goodness of God to the world. Amen. Dr. Thomas, where or how can people purchase your book, Becoming a Millionaire God's Way? Uh, Becoming a Millionaire God's Way TV. Uh, that's my website. And we have uh, Word for Winners website. We have uh, Dr. Maureen Anderson TV. Uh, you can get it through her website. Um, you, uh, YouTube. A little closer, baby. Okay. YouTube is Becoming a Millionaire God's Way dot TV. That's right. Becoming a Million excuse me, Becoming a Millionaire God's Way dot TV. See? That's my wonderful wife. I could never have accomplished what I've accomplished without her. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach, and I'm with today's guests, Dr. C. Thomas and Dr. Maureen Anderson, who are the founding pastors of the Living Word Bible Church in Mesa, Arizona. Both guests are international speakers and best-selling authors. Dr. C. Thomas is the bestseller of the book, Becoming a Millionaire God's Way, along with authoring other books. Dr. Maureen Anderson is the bestseller of Confessing God's Word and several others. But her latest book is God's Grace, fuels my passion, in which we are going to discuss right now. Dr. Maureen, at what point in your life did God touch your heart to write your latest book, God's Grace Feels My Passion? Well, we were ministering in Paris, France. We have a church uh, there, and uh, we got away to just seek the Lord, and the Lord touched my husband and I both and said, you know, <clears throat> said to him, you're going to uh, take the word of grace and truth to the nations of my church. And he said to me, uh, you're going to cover the earth with the word of grace. And at that moment, we both received a revelation of grace. Now, I've been listening to grace teachers and reading grace books and all of those things uh, since I was 30, so 40, 40 some years ago. And, uh, but it was a head knowledge. Mm. And though I was helped in reading them, it, it wasn't a heart knowledge. When it became a revelation and entered mm -hmm. my heart, the very power of grace is, is a powerful force in the kingdom, and, and it activates mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit now to begin to mentor and teach and train, as the word says, grace mentors us. And so it began to mentor me, uh, revealing to me secrets that I didn't know was in my heart, secrets of religion and legalism in my life, and began to expose it. And wow. so I just let it go, but it changed my life and the grace. And so with me writing the book, there was there were several things God showed me because what happens, we get born again and we get born in the new covenant of Jesus and it's a covenant of grace where we are to die to the old covenant of law and mm -hmm. religion. And But what happens is the image I have in my heart is what I'm going to go with. And so the image I had in my heart was legalism and religion. That was who God was. And so when I got born again, of course, we fell into a church that was legalistic, very, and very religious. Uh, 
And so, um, so that's, I right away went back under the law, back under, uh, well, not that I was under, but I went under the law, embraced the old covenant, and let go of the, of the grace message, the new covenant. And uh, so many of us, that's what Paul was dealing with in the, in, in the new covenant, was constantly churches would get raised up, and then legalistic people would come in. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they had that legalistic image of God before they got saved. Though they weren't even Jews, they would fall right back. I mean, they'd not fall right back because they weren't, but they would fall into religion and legalism. And then Paul was like, oh, my goodness, how did you fall into this? Why did you leave the grace? And then he'd come and he'd talk to them about, you know, what grace was and how law was. You know, you can't be under two covenants. You're under the mm-hmm. law. You break one law. You broke them all. You're mm-hmm. under, you put yourself back under the curse. And now you bring up a... An interesting word. You said image. Yeah. Is there? A, can you describe that image? Well, I had an image that God was a heavy taskmaster. I had an image inside of me that um, the covenant was between me and Father God, and it's not. It's between right. Jesus and Father God. I'm not in it, but I'm in Him. So exactly. I get all uh, because Jesus. I can't break the covenant. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Jesus is the only one with Father God in the New Covenant. And so I'm in Him, and everything that's of Him is now mine. So when you got that revelation... Oh, changed my life. Not only did it change your life, but that moment when you really, when it hit your heart, was it, did it make you cry? I mean, that's powerful. I know. It, I just felt a huge load, and it was a Lifted joy off. that mm-hmm. came over my life because wow. there were several things that we take into the kingdom for me mm-hmm. was respo- that responsibility mm-hmm. that was on me. And so, so realizing that when the curse tries to get on my life, it's like, no, wait a minute here. Right. Jesus absorbed all of the curse at the cross, Mm -hmm. completely the curse of the law, so it has no place in my life. Yes, now I'll fight the good fight of faith Mm -hmm. to say, absolutely not. And and not that we don't have battles and, and not that there's, you know, beliefs that we have in our heart that even though we don't believe, we haven't dealt with um our belief in our heart that we have to we have to get the Bible talks about one strength. It says, search for the hidden doubts and unbeliefs that are in your heart. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does in grace. When you're in grace, it allows the Holy Spirit to have so much dominion in our life and leading and guiding us. How does the Bible define grace? Well, grace is what Christ has already done through the death, burial, and resurrection. So Christ at the cross, he took, he, the Bible says he fully obeyed the law. He completed the law. He did that. We can't. We're <laughs> imperfect beings. And, and so he took on all of our past, present, future sins. He <laughs> took on all of our uh, past present and future curses, generational curses, all those things that we believed along the way that was, you know, sickness, disease, poverty, rejection, all those kind of things. He he took it all on and dealt with it completely and set us free that through the resurrection now, when he took his blood into the Holy of Holies, Father God's right there, and he sprinkled it on the mercy seat seven times. He said, it is finished. The curse is done with. We're in a new covenant now. And, I'm, and he made blood covenant at that moment with Father God. 
And so the mercy seat turned into the throne of grace. So grace mm -hmm. is what Jesus has done. He did a complete work, and then everything that he did now, that everything that is his, what is Father God, is now mine. The kingdom of God dwells in me, and so all of it's mine. But now I have to uh, be a receiver. Not an, I'm not an earner. I'm mm -hmm. a receiver. Amen. Now, when you received that revelation, how did your life change? Well, Dr. I was the thing was growing up, I had a lot of handicaps. Okay, okay. And, uh, and of course, that old person's dead. But I was I had dyslexia. I didn't know if I'd ever going to get out of second grade to get mm -hmm. into third grade. And so I had reading dis, um, dis, disabilities. I had speech impediment. Um, I didn't learn phonics. And so so in that, I was determined to always be on the honor roll, be the best of the best. And so I was an overachiever. I, I didn't have the ability to be on the honor roll, but I was. When I, my mother signed me up for nurses training and go to co you know college for the nurse and and school for nursing, all right. Wait, that was the worst thing you could put me in, mm -hmm. because of my my handicapped. I mean, you have these these um, uh, what is uh, Latin words that are five six syllable long, and uh, I can barely read. All right. But now that you've received the revelation of grace, you are yeah. in God's honor roll now. Yeah, and so the, <laughs> so the thing about it, I graduated with honors. That That's the overachiever I was. So when I Praise came into the, the kingdom of God and God would give me an assignment, mm -hmm. I was always wanting to take the assignment. But my next words were, I can do it. Amen. But I can't. Jesus did. Yeah. I can't. But yeah. I thought I but could. With him. Oh, I can't. I can't. I'm with an overachiever. I've, I've, I know how to do that. Right. I'll pray. I'll read the word. I'll fast. Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever it takes. But thank you, God. I can do it. Yes. I'm on my own. Mm -hmm. He says, okay. Mm -hmm. You're on your own. And so this heavy yoke, mm -hmm. I had my yoke on me. And then when I came into grace, he already did it all. It's him. It's not me. Yeah. And so... Yeah. I got rid of that overachiever, and he's the overachiever in grace. He is the overachiever. And mm -hmm. so I just, it was just a low, a huge low. And now success is mine because of what he did, and it's not what I do. So that's what gra grace has, has literally made life easy for me. And I just live in blessing and blessing and joy and joy. And, and that's what that, it would do for others, right? Yeah, yeah. And not that I don't have battles because there are things we believe in our heart that are contrary to the Word of God that we don't know. There, mm -hmm. there are intervals that we made growing up in our life, and we don't realize it. But the Holy Spirit now is there. Mm -hmm. And though I'm living in a joy when... When, when I'm not living in the victory that God says is mine, the Holy Spirit's right there to tell me why mm -hmm. and take me on the journey of now, mm -hmm. getting rid of that that's hindering me to live what I already have. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Why is it so important for Christians to know and live the fullness of His grace? Because that's what He did. And we take on His divine nature. The Bible says it's, it's through his great and precious promises, what he has done, 
that I am a partaker of his divine nature and I escape the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. So this is, I, I, what, what happens when you take on the fullness of grace? You're Christ-centered. You're just on him, and you're on him, and you're discovering the new person that you are, that you never existed before because you're born of the word, and you humbly accept that word that is planted in you that will save your soul, the word says. But also in that is just, it's just that, that knowing the power of, of it. I just forgot what you said to me. Just, what, what you said that, why is it, um, I asked you, why is it so oh, important for Christians to know and live the fullness of his uh, yes, grace? Yes, what happens is that we try to do it in our own works, but mm-hmm. the Bible says the strength or the power of mm-hmm. sin is the law. Mm-hmm. So, so, when I'm, so when I'm doing it in my own strength, I might be good for four days. I mean, I remember as a teenager, I had a weight problem. So I would be good for four days under the law. I'm a diet and I'm under the law. And mm-hmm. I'm the fifth day, something happened in school or some kind of stress. And then I eat more than I would have ate in the four days. Because the power of sin is the law. So when I'm under the old covenant, I'm sin conscious. Right. right. And it becomes an addiction. You're more sin-centered versus Christ-centered. Yeah, so you're, what you look at, you become. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking at, at all my mistakes, I'm becoming that. We make it stronger and stronger in our life. And so we have to understand that, that you know, the grace is what he's did. It's his power. And when I step into the promise and grace that he already gave me, it, the, the that grace gets... Uh, released in me it's an energy and it's activated now to produce after its kind and so it's so powerful but when I'm under the law then the law and my and my mistakes become the god of my life Hmm. why are so many people still living under the law and they're still going to church well, the whole Bible, <laughs> uh, the epistles are always are, what Paul was dealing with that continuously, and the others because the enemy wants us to keep us the, under the law in bondage. Yes, because the devil is a legalist, and he wants to keep you in the bondage, and he wants you to have a bad image of God because mm-hmm. that's what you're going to have. If you live from sickness to sickness and poverty to poverty. And when I was under the law, when we first got saved, they taught us that God brings bad things into your life to to make you better. Well, I want to be everything for God. Okay, come on, bad things. Come on, I want to get better. (laughs) But then one day I woke up and I said, you know, I trusted God more before I got saved than I do right now. Mm -hmm. Because of all the abuse that the enemy put on me. And put God on it. Oh, God's doing that to me. You know? And he's not. But the devil, you believe a lie. Mm -hmm. The The devil devil is a liar. Yes. So he comes to steal, kill, kill, and and destroy. destroy. Yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. What's the new picture of grace, Dr. Maureen? Well, I can read it from the back of my book, What God Showed Me. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just say, law makes you an earner. Grace makes you a receiver of what Christ has done. Mm. Law says do. Grace says it's done. Law says work to be holy. Grace says you are holy because of Jesus. Grace, a law condemns us, Mm -hmm. says we're a failure, but grace redeems. What does I mean by that? It takes our mistakes 
We give them to him. He mm-hmm. makes, he turns them into good. The law will kill us. Mm-hmm. Grace gives us life and life more abundantly. The law brings the curse, but grace brings the blessing upon blessing upon blessing. The law reveals sin, but grace reveals forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that, That's an important point. Can you repeat that again, that last one? Because yes. so many of us that we know walk around and, you know, they commit a sin and they just dwell in it and they are soaking into that and they feel like the Lord is not able to forgive them. Oh, yeah. The, under the law, you have to do penance. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I don't know. I have to beat my up. Give me the mm-hmm. whip, Satan. Right. I've got to whip myself until I feel like I paid the price. Well, <laughs> Grace says Jesus paid the price. price. He was whipped. And so Mm -hmm. he gave me forgiveness, past, present, and future. Yes. (sighs) Does that make sense? So much freedom. So much freedom, yes. So much spiritual freedom. The law was written on tablets of stone, but grace is written on the tablets of our heart. See, grace is not a license to sin. Mm -hmm. Grace is the power and ability not to. Exactly. And so when people say, I'm under grace, I can do whatever I want. Oh, no, that's not grace. No, 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 I no, agree. no. That, that's sin. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the flesh. Mm-hmm. That's an addiction. You need to apply grace because grace will give you the power and ability mm-hmm. to get free of that addiction. Amen. Ooh, oh, that was God right there. Yes. God, the law <laughs> brought bondage. Mm-hmm. That's what it brings. I was in bondage. Mm-hmm. Grace brings freedom. Mm-hmm. It says, stand yeah. fast in the liberty wherewith you are set free and be not yoked again with that yoke of bondage. Grace says, grace is what you do. I mean, excuse me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Race that one. Law is what you do. Grace is what Christ has already done. Amen. Now, I know you have a workbook in that, in I your have book. A workbook. And I was looking at the chapters. I really like to, um, I'd like to read some of the, the okay, titles. Go ahead. And the first one is A Picture of Grace, which you already shared that yeah. picture of both the law and grace, the Holy Spirit, revealer of our destiny. That's powerful. God's timing is now. Can you talk a little bit about that? God's timing is now. Well, Jesus said that. In grace, it's already done. So in faith, when we say, well, um, what, what is faith? Faith is in the invisible done now. So when I pray, I should step into the faith because in the invisible, I already have it and pray mm-hmm. from that. That's, mm-hmm. that's what faith is. And so you said, it's now. Well, Jesus said that. Don't say four months from now the right. harvest. You know, to you look, the fields are white to harvest. So, so we get into religion while in God's timing. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. God's timing is now. I have to, I already have it. I have to already see it done now and mm-hmm. thank him and praise him and rejoice mm-hmm. that I already have it. Though I don't see it yet in the kingdom, I already have mm-hmm. it. And we, we mm-hmm. pray from the kingdom, mm-hmm. from faith. Does Amen. That, does that help? Yes, it does. The next one is show us the Father. Then grace is an energy, a force, a power. I think that has a lot to do with your title. Can you share a little bit about that? Because you said God's grace fuels my passion. passion. Yes, because grace, when it's open to us, it's it's passionate about the kingdom. Mm -hmm. It's passionate about destiny. It's passionate about what Christ did. Mm -hmm. I mean, how can I 
not be passionate about what Christ did mm -hmm. because it cost him everything. Mm -hmm. How can I put the promises aside and say, well, they're not important? They are important. Mm -hmm. It cost him so much for me to have that life. You know? Amen. The next one in chapter 6 is, in Christ we always win. In Christ we always win. Yeah. Not sometimes. That's right. Always. I know always. Right? Yes, if we stay in, well, you know, in Christ is, is, is not giving up. Right. You know, not throwing in the towel. Mm -hmm. No. And I even win. when you fall down, you get right back up. Right? Don't let go. Don't let say. go. From blessing to blessing. Can you share about that? Because I know you said when you live in God's full grace, you receive blessing to blessing from blessing to blessing. Can you share well, about that? Well, there's a scripture in one translation that talked about this, that Jesus was full of grace and he received blessing after blessing. Mm -hmm. So that says to me, I am full of grace because he's in me now. So my life should be receiving blessing upon blessing, as he said, he lived it. Amen. The blessings are working for you, a blood covenant that can't fail. Grace brings us into a life of love. Hmm. Yeah, well, the Bible says that the love of God was shed abroad mm. in my heart. By who? By the Holy Spirit. So in the... And the life of grace is allowing the Holy Spirit now to have dominion in my life mm -hmm. because I'm in the new covenant of grace, and this is the time of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Grace, the life of the Holy Spirit, which you just mentioned. Grace shows mercy. Grace is a life of giving. Can you share about that? A life of giving. I know Dr. Uh, Thomas also talked yeah. about that, and I think that's sort of uh, related to both of you. Yeah. Uh, what you're both. Uh, yeah, because the word says, the word. like I said, blessings. Okay. So, so everything God has given me, I am to be giving it away. Mm -hmm. That's freely you receive, freely give. You give. And, and uh, the Word of God talks about how important it is. I mean, the Abrahamic covenant, which we are in now, mm -hmm. is he says, I have blessed you to be a blessing. So there it is. I, whatever I have, whatever I obtain in God, I'm to now give it to whoever I meet, wherever I go. I'm generous with it. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. And, you know, the kingdom's about reaping and sowing. So... What I what I am giving of what God gave me, I'm gonna mm -hmm. it's gonna come back on me multitude times. Now mm -hmm. I don't give for that reason, right? But but that <laughs> you know if true. I'm not if I'm not giving, I'm not going to get. Right, that's an important point that we don't chase the blessings. No, right, we chase Him. <laughs> Where or how can someone purchase your book, Doctor Maureen? Um, God's grace, if you will. It's my passion. Well, uh, our new ministry that we've been doing and building is called the Word for Winners dot com, or you can just go to the web and you, it's right there on the web, and it'll take you to Amazon, okay. and you can get it right from there from our web. And uh, that. So the word for winners. Yeah. So to that. buy my book, it's the Word for Winners dot com. And uh, it'll go right to the web, and then you can purchase it on the web, and it'll take you right to Amazon. 
Dr. Moore. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you have, have a whole books. selection, whole collection oh, of yeah. books. I, I've written awesome. about, I don't know, 10 books or so. I don't know how many, just a lot. And a lot of them are bestsellers too. Yeah, they are. So, and I because know we've been married 53 yeah. years. So our marriage book is excellent. Our mm-hmm. wealth, because we wow. came out of poverty into mm-hmm. great wealth. So the different, the confessing the God's word, uh, getting free of the generational curses, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people, uh, you know, just helping them, taking them through the book of Joshua. Uh, and uh, then how to be spirit-led, not emotionally driven. You know, emotions demand to be in motion. Mm-hmm. So it's so hard to, to tell what is emotions and what is the spirit. So how do we tell that I, you don't want to ever be emotionally driven because emotionally driven will always bring destruction. Mm-hmm. And so I have a book on the how, how to discern what is what. That is an interesting topic. Please share, Dr. Maureen, some life-impacting testimonies of people whose lives have changed after reading your book, God's Grace Fuels My Passion. Well, I have my assistant, Shelly, Mm -hmm. and so she edited my book, but she's also read it four times. She said every time she reads it, it is literally changing her life. And uh, then I have somebody, well, Dee, also in my life, uh, she's our intercessor. She said that book has literally changed her life. And so what people come and say is that it changes their life, Uh, you know, uh, from, you know, under that law and that heavy burden to being free and seeing God move so powerfully in their life. And then with their children and children, you know, things, when you come into the life of grace, it, it, it really releases the love of God that flows out mm-hmm. of you like a river, mm-hmm. that love that is unconditional love. And it has an impact in your family. You're no more the drama queen, you know, not that I ever was, but you know what I mean? You, you, you're, you walk in love. Mm-hmm. And you make things work, and you bring peace into every situation. You know what I mean? So, so the book of grace gets you into the love oh, walk that uh, you, you're just loving people. It just, it just releases that love of God. Yes, and that's what we are called to, yeah. to yeah. share the love of yeah. Christ everywhere yeah. we go, yeah. right? And anywhere we go. Yeah, I know my own life, well, maybe one of the littlest things. Is, uh, but, you know, things you go, wow, I used to not do that. You know, I used right. to, you know, I used to go and try and close or whatever in the store. That would be something. And I mean, it's little, but I'd but leave, I'd leave a pile of mess. Well, they get paid to pick it up, you know. And when I came into Grace, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I had to, ha- I had to hang everything up and right. make it put things back where you found them. them and bless right. them and mm-hmm. make life easier. And, leave. and so I went. At first, you know, you kind of go, "What has happened to oh, me?" Yeah. You know, but grace mm-hmm. began to make things, uh, you know, not like I was in so much, so much hurry. I have to hurry, hurry. No, mm-hmm. stop and make life easier for others. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't something that I was like consciously going to work on. Mm-hmm. It just, it just came. It just was like a normal thing to do, right. and a conviction not to. But mm-hmm. I wasn't even. You know what I mean? It wasn't a thought. God just, all of a sudden I saw changes. Like, who is this person? You know? So you were even surprised about yourself. You were like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. And the loving (laughs) things and, and, uh, that, that I, I felt I was so much more loving, so, so much more patient with people. 
So mm-hmm. it's just, just, you know, the love was just overtaking. Mm-hmm. And so I saw definite changes of behavior. You were in soaked life. in his love. Yes. And yeah. so it's interesting. You just change your behavior. And you didn't even know you weren't before. Or where things would really upset me when things weren't, you know, because I was carrying the load. Everything right. wasn't exactly perfect. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you know, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you both, Dr. Thomas and Dr. Maureen Anderson, for being on Faith City Outreach to share your in-depth knowledge of God's Word and revelation and godly wisdom to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. May God continue to bless your lives and ministry to take you around the world um, to impact the spiritual and financial lives of nations now. I know you're doing that right now, so he continued doing that. And you're also um, impacting churches and millions of people everywhere you go. Um, I am just going to ask if you just please end in prayer for whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray for. And let me mention my YouTube, is that okay? Yes, absolutely. It's MaureenAnderson.tv. And I really encourage you, go and subscribe. And there's so many more teachings like this oh, on yes. there. There's and so, the Holy Spirit is on. yeah, I'll say it again, MaureenAnderson.tv. And Dr. Tom's is BecomingAMillionaireGodsWay.tv. Amen. Okay. And, uh, and we could just have him. Yeah. Do you want to? So, Lord, we just pray for those that are listening in the name of Jesus that the word of God that's been shared today resides in their hearts, not just in their minds. Holy Spirit, take it to the heart. Yes. Bring change in the lives. We know that we don't change lives, but your word changes lives. Yeah. And we ask the Lord that it penetrate by the Holy Spirit and bring life and life more abundant to people, Lord, and get them free from those things that bind them up in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray right now also, if they don't know Jesus, that right now, Lord, pray with me, Um, each of you out there, pray with me. Dear Father God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I ask your son Jesus to come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Let me pray for you. The Bible says freely we receive, we freely give. Freely I receive the revelation of grace right now. Open your hearts and pray with me. I repent of legalism, religion, the old covenant. I asked it to go in my life. I died to it, and I receive now the covenant of grace, the new covenant, and I receive the revelation of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will return next Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Coast time with another special guest the Lord has brought to Faith City Outreach. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Salmos 117. 
alaban al Señor, naciones todas, pueblos todos, cántenle alabanzas. Grande es su amor por nosotros. La fielidad del Señor es eterna. Aleluya. Alabado sea el Señor. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.